Good morning and welcome back. I am Heather Caro. I am Lynn Devitt. And we are your hosts this morning for this special edition of Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota at the Faith and Business Conference. We're in the hallway, so if you hear any noise, that's why. It might be us. It's just echoing yeah. out here. But had a great conversation with Joe Rutten, Brian Cooper, uh, kind of the founders of the Catholic Men's Business Fraternity and in turn, Faith and Business Conference. Um, but now we're going to move on to Jameson Rounds. Good morning, Jameson. I suppose I should turn you on, huh? Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> oh, that's I appreciate very nice it. of me. Usually they turn it down. <laughs> no, good to see you again. Good to see you. And you've been a member of the Catholic Men's Business Fraternity. For a long time. For a long time. So I don't know exactly how long. Okay, I don't either. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, born and raised in Pierre, South Dakota. Uh, South Dakota kid all the way through. Um, a lot of people know my big brother, Mike, was governor and is United States senator. And But that's a cheap title because there's 14 kids in the family. So, <laughs> um, uh, helped do his campaign uh, in 2002 um, in Went to the University of South Dakota. Afterwards, took some time overseas. Yep. Uh, Got a law degree, so forgive me for I have sinned. Um, (laughs) And that as well. Uh, And ended up taking a diversion for about uh, three and a half years into Roman Catholic Seminary, which is what we're talking about. You always say Roman Catholic, because people ask. But here it's obvious. uh, Catholic (laughs) Seminary. Um, uh, And... uh, Took a long time to discern. Ended up leaving, came out, worked on my brother's campaign, got married, have uh, a wife, Kathy, and four wonderful kids. And uh, now I help people buy and sell businesses. They do business valuations, mergers and acquisitions, and moving more and more into an education world. I've taught at different universities over the last uh, 20 years, and now we are working a lot on trying to help people learn more about their faith and learn about faith and business. So so I'm guessing since there are 14 children in your family that you might have grown up in a Catholic faith family. Is that true? We, we did. I did. Um, <laughs> you know, my dad actually went to seminary and then pulled the ripcord and then had, had the family. You know, it was pretty, yeah. pretty cool. So I grew up with a lot of faith through my dad and through my mom, a, a real great faith with my mom. We lost our mom young when mm. I was in high school and my dad remarried another wonderful lady and she had three kids. So there's three stepkids in the mix, but definitely very faithful. Although, you know, I'm part of that uncatechized generation. Yeah. Okay. I'm part of that 1970s education, 19, early 1980s, um, and then kind of revived by John Paul II. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the 1990s type stuff so yeah so definitely a faith-filled family um you know my dad always reminded us that you know you you, you, you can't break the ten commandments you can only break yourself on them type thing oh, you know oh, and, wow. and mass was always important it was mm-hmm. always make sure you get to mass and that was huge. Mike said my mom's faith was amazing. Um, and, you know, she would just sit down and, and have a conversation with Mary during the day. You know, she was a stay-at-home mom and would sit down and just have a conversation with Mary. And um, she had a patron saint for all of us. Um, I think um, St. Jude ranked up there really high. <laughs> Several children. <laughs> Several of us got St. Jude oh at one time gosh. or another. Oh, that's uh, funny. I, you know, I, I, I was praying for my daughter once, and mm-hmm. I, I sent her a prayer for St. Jude. She's like, Mom, the patron patron saint for lost causes <laughs> what are you telling me and i'm like whoa i'm sorry exactly so that's uh, for your mom she knew exactly what she was doing yeah, i felt a little bad so and, and i think the brother there's 10 boys and one girl in the original oh, family wow. so i think several of the brothers took it as a, a badge of honor to have saint jude as the <laughs> 
their patron saint. So. so tell us a little bit about seminary, because I think your, I don't know why, but your, semi, your visit to seminary, your stay, however you want to put it, was unique. It was wonderful. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about being in seminary, because I, I, I never get tired of hearing about it. Yeah, you know, I, it, it was, yeah, I, I, I really didn't want to go back to seminary. I had graduated with a law degree, worked as a law clerk for a couple wonderful judges, a few wonderful judges, and ironically, one of my judges was the one really pushing me into seminary. Really? It, was, it was pretty hilarious. Um, but I loved my work. And I loved it. And I thought, well, maybe the only reason I'd ever felt a call to seminary was because I didn't want to leave school. You know, mm. um, I always say college is the best eight to 12 or 14 years of your life. <laughs> um, and uh, but when I realized I loved what I was doing, I loved my job. And um, at that time was in a relationship as well and thought, you know, this is pretty good. But that calling was still there. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, uh oh, now we got to deal with it. So uh, uh, Bishop Carlson was the bishop at the time. And uh, he said, you know, you've lived overseas, so I'm, I'm probably going to send you over to Rome, but don't get a big head because <laughs> it's the cheapest seminary, and I sent everybody there. <laughs> and that was true. He did. He sent everybody who could go over to Rome to Rome at the time. Uh, and, but I started off at St. John Vianney Seminary in the Twin Cities, which was absolutely amazing. I was an older guy. You know, I, mean, I was coming at 27 or so, and um, was lucky because I was placed across... The, uh, the, the hall from the rector and so I had a great relationship with the rector and he's now um, bishop of Boise my spiritual director, God rest his soul was Paul Serba who was bishop mm, of yeah. uh, um, Duluth and you know my next door neighbor was Father Mike Schmitz oh my gosh. Uh, to the one side <laughs> and, and, and and yeah he was amazing I, I mean, he was he's everything you think he was but probably more I mean he was kind of mm-hmm. Superman you just you, you didn't realize if, if he was really real I yeah. mean he, he just a great super nice guy but incredibly intense and you know he was running ultra marathons at the time yeah. so you wouldn't see him much because he was always out working out I mean just mm. uh, but but uh, he's the real deal mm. um, and um, was a, was a great experience. I had Bishop Carlson pulled out a philosophy professor out of retirement to tutor a few of us. Hmm. So I had one on one with one of the best logic and metaphysics professors you could ever have. Well, two two or three on one, but for for tutoring that year, and that transformed my life because I, I didn't want to deal with any philosophy because I only had public university philosophy. Hmm. You know, um, the talk on the cereal box I think is what the Indigo Girls call it, right? And I agree, that's what it was. Yeah. But with Professor Cannell and Professor Stromberg, my ethics professor, and the, the logic, the ethics transformed who I was in my life. And it, it gave me all that that I, that I was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, the next year, I uh, was blessed to have the opportunity to go to Rome. So I got to spend two and a half years at the North American College, which was, again, one of the most incredible experiences of my life. The, the rector was Cardinal Dolan, mm-hmm. you know. My spiritual director is now Archbishop Hebda in the <laughs> Twin Cities. So I think the, spir- the spiritual directors, I think, were a little scared because every time I'd have one, they'd become a bishop. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but it was, it, w- it was amazing. And my, you know, my, my moral theology professor is the, the Pope's theologian. Oh, my mm. gosh. You know, so having all, and my, my guy across the hall from me is Father Leo Padalinghug. <laughs> Um, down the hall was, was Monsignor Shea, um, wow. or whatever, yep. who's now president of um, University, uh, of University, Mary. Ma- University of Mary. So it was an incredible place to be at an incredible time. 
in, mm-hmm. in history, really. John Paul II, it was the turn of the millennium, and um, just was incredibly blessed to be there. And, you know, it, it wasn't my calling. Um, in the end, uh, we, you take time to discern. I, I really struggled with discernment, so that's why I write about it now. Um, mm-hmm. Because those who can't can do, those who can't teach, right? <laughs> so uh, my spiritual director uh, nudged me for twenty years, and now I'm finally doing writing about um, discernment uh, because it was it was really challenging for me to make that decision. I yeah. called the family and marriage, or called to be a, a priest, yeah. and um, did a thirty day silent retreat and wonderful experiences uh you know if you, the way i talk you wouldn't believe i could do a 30-day silent retreat you know? uh, but it, and, and i wish i guess if, if i had a prayer and if, if 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 i were to suddenly become elon musk i would i would try to fund every young person to have the two first years of seminary that i had men and women alike to, to have that education and then to give them all a chance to do a 30-day silent retreat mm-hmm. if, if if i could do that that would be it was life-changing for me, and I think it would be life-changing for anybody who goes through that. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Well, if you're just tuning in, we are broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's a special edition of, I don't know if you call live shows editions. I'm I, calling it yeah, that. I, it's you a know. special edition. It's a special this edition of Real special. Presence Live. It's always special it's with always, you guys. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we're broadcasting today from the Faith and Business Conference, and we're talking with Jameson Rounds just a little bit about his history and time in seminary. So... How did you know you'd made the right decision leaving seminary? You know, it was peace. Mm. Um, there were a lot of things that happened, and, and I wasn't even sure to that thing. But, you know, my bishop said, you know, it's, it's okay. You can go. And mm-hmm. when your bishop gives you the permission, it's okay. Um, I, I really didn't know. But, you know, a lot of it, at the time, I, was, I had a brother running for governor. And I didn't know if I was thinking maybe helping him out because it wasn't going well at the beginning. I don't know if you, this is 20 years ago, but you remember that he had two competitors um, who were friends of ours. Uh, one spent about two million, and or one, one spent about four million. One spent about two million, wow. and we spent 150,000. Wow! Um, uh, and, and and things weren't going well, you know, at that time. And so I didn't know if I should be coming home to help him or not. And I I, I didn't know, you know, I. I you know, I, I look back and I think it's just when wherever your peace lies. And yeah. you have to find peace in the struggle. And my peace in the struggle came more with family life struggles. So when I, I, I could probably find peace in the chaos of family, mm. um, maybe more than the peace of, of being a priest and being alone all the time mm. in that sense. You know, whereas other folks find deep peace in that. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit always leads you to peace, self-control, calmness. Mm. And I find that more with, with, with my family I think, um, and in the chaos, I can do pretty well with chaos. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's when I when I kind of knew. And, and there's been confirmations afterwards. Um, yeah. I've had some great experiences and kind of lightning bolt things, but not everybody gets. But I've had them that have said, "Hey, you're in the right spot." Um, sometimes I was complaining about it, right, saying, "What am I doing here?" And he says, "No, I want you there. Yeah. Yeah. You're there for a reason." Well, and just because you have peace about it doesn't necessarily mean it's the easiest choice, right? Either. No. And I think people get that confused. In fact, it's usually the harder yes. choice. Yeah. Right. You know, it's peace in trial mm-hmm. where you find where God's called. When, when you find peace in trial, you know, w- you're usually in the wrong spot. If everything goes well and you feel a little unsettled, unsettled. Hmm. There, there's kind of two paths that go, right? The devil will lead you to everything that feels good, yeah. appears good, looks good, looks wonderful. You think everything's great. I got this power. I got this authority. Everything's going well. And people like me. But you feel a little unsettled. Hmm. And something's missing. 
that that that's the tale of the devil but when you come back and you say you know there's some real hard challenges real big struggles real things that i have to overcome but i'm okay doing it i'm at peace mm-hmm. taking that effort that's god yeah. yeah and i think that's what i knew well, That's if you're beautiful. just tuning in, we're talking with Jameson Rounds here from the Faith and Business Conference. We're going to keep you around through the break, Jameson, if okay. that's all right. That's fine. And we will get down to more business talk with Jameson right. Rounds right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. Hi, this is Ben Frost from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. I work with adult evangelization. I'm also a father of five children. And for me, I'm just so blessed to have Real Presence Radio in our area because the reality is, is life gets very busy. Uh, The many blessings of working in the church and also raising five children and being a husband. But sometimes I just need times to refuel and to just be present to the Lord. So for me, it's just such a blessing to go into my car in the busyness of my day and to turn on Real Presence Radio. And it really renews me. It fills me with the Holy Spirit and helps me to be a better father, helps me to be a better husband, and it helps me to be a better worker for our church. So I'm just very blessed that we have Real Presence Radio and we continue just to pray for the Lord's blessings and support for all of their amazing work. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning and welcome back. I am Heather Caro. I am Lynn Devitt. And we are your hosts this morning for this special broadcast of the Real Presence Live. from the Faith and Business Conference here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we're talking with Jameson Rounds, uh, just such a wise gentleman. Yes. yes. I love having mm. Jameson on. I know. But wise, not, but not old, still young. <laughs> wise. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm I'm, I'm definitely, I think I'm getting older, but not always wiser. I appreciate the compliment. So we've been talking about uh, his back story, his seminarian story. um, And I kind of want to dive into some of the tougher questions about where the rubber meets the road. Okay. So there are some situations that some people might be encountering, um, let's say at work. And somebody wants to do something that is maybe not legal, something that isn't really on the up and up. 
Have you ever encountered something like that, Jameson? <laughs> not, not in politics. Not in politics no. or being a lawyer or buying right. businesses. Yeah. Right, yeah. Or, that doesn't um, happen. You know, um, it's always challenging. And, and you know, it's, it, I think all of us who enter into business are, are, are watching to make sure that we're not putting our thumb on the scale. Um, because it's tempting. And uh, there's a million chances in a business life to do that one little thing that just gets you ahead in this instance. Yeah. And uh, I think we have to watch it constantly, and we have to pray about it. Uh, You know, by God's grace, I don't think I've done that. But then again, oftentimes, you know, God saved me from the sin I'm not aware of, right? Mm but yeah, you do run across it, and I think uh, it is really hard. I have walked away from deals. I remember one in particular occasion where um, I was working with a uh, an individual that I really enjoyed working with, and they had a, a client that I was working with, and that client was doing something unethical. And I said, I can no longer continue on with this. And they said, but we're going to do this. And I said, mm. no, I, I can't continue on with this. So how did you get to that point? Because to me, I'm a very much introvert and I'm a people pleaser. That's just who I am. And how do you get to that point of being able to say that to somebody Mm -hmm. that you're doing business with? Because I don't know if that just happened overnight. You know, I I don't know. I've had it happen. I mean, I can look back in my life and at four particular occasions Mm -hmm. where I've had to make life-changing or career-changing decisions um, where I, I had to say this is wrong right and i will not stay and um you know I've, i left the firm because of it it was one was was really clear it was um uh i, I left the firm because of it. i'm just going to wow. say that mm-hmm. um and left uh i've left um, um identified it in two other jobs where i saw things that were happening and raised the issue and then other folks would get rather upset with me yeah um i don't I don't know if I have an explanation for it, other than if, you know, you you have to work with people where they are, and you have to understand that um, uh, there's always a log in our own eye when we're trying to take the sliver oh, out of somebody yeah. else's eye. So, uh, But at a certain point, in every one of those cases, um, I would look back, and, and the devil would beat at you saying, yeah, you can't criticize this person because you do this. Or the devil would say, you, you can't criticize this person. So I'd go to my spiritual director, or at least to my confessor if I didn't have a spiritual director, and talk it through and say, hey, here's what I'm discerning. Here's what's happening. I would go to confession, mm-hmm. make sure that I had gone to confession first, and, said, hey, and, and tried to make a really good confession to make sure that I wasn't just deceiving myself and that maybe this was the situation. And... Then, when it settled back as to this is really wrong mm-hmm. and you can't be a part of it, mm-hmm. um, then uh, I found in every one of those cases an amazing sense of peace and usually kind of a lightning bolt coming in on the outside of, of sitting in prayer. I remember one time sitting in prayer, it was like, I'm taking care of you on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that incredible, overwhelming sense of peace that said, this is the right thing to do, even if it's going to be really hard. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that that came. It, and I, I just to add to you know, I I, I found one of your old um, books, two years old, in um, a box mm-hmm. at RPR Studio, and and I think that's exactly what the questions you're asking are exactly here, mm-hmm. 
and the thought processes, right? Um, do my business decisions take into consideration the dignity of the human person? So, are, you know, as a business leader, am I seeking ways to deliver fair returns to investors, fair wages, fair prices, fair tax? So, those are not yeah. independent of one another. It's the whole story. So, I, and I, I think that what you're saying as an individual going through the discernment process that you went through, this is to help the Absolutely. average business person who doesn't get the the two years Elon Musk deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know. So I and I also so I had the the, the privilege of teaching ethics for four years yeah. at a Catholic mm-hmm. university, and um, you know, you really have to understand that ethics aren't just laws. Yeah. It's it's more and it's and it's and it's deeper and um and but when you discern and you open your heart to the good, the beautiful and the true and you understand this concept of virtue ethics, by the way, which is not taught anywhere, if you go to a a current ethics place, whether it's real estate, law or anything else, you're gonna get what's called positivist positivist ethics, which says you do what the rule says. But sometimes the rule is wrong. Yeah. So it's not just about the rules, it's about understanding what's really right and wrong. And not just your own decision, but that decision that's been there for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. And staying consistent with that. And, mm-hmm. and that's and why faith how, is huge. Well, and, and just in general, how those are diverging right now. I mean, yeah. to some extent, from a business perspective, they used to be closer. You know, but I, I worked in insurance, and they're, they're going in different directions, which is making these kinds of discussions or these this thought process this discernment process more serious yes and tougher for professionals wouldn't you say you might be canceled right yeah right you might be canceled yeah yeah Yeah. for doing what's right yeah well the, the overall what i'm hearing from you is that you had a good foundation and a good prayer life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, Although, like I say, I'll tell you this: after after seminary, you know, in seminary, you have a great prayer life. You start, getting, <laughs> you, you know, you, you start getting family and kids. You start having this thing of, you know, your your prayer becomes God help me, yeah. right? And you uh, yeah. and, and you. It is, but, what it, but is. it is yeah. coming back. I have to say that and one of the things of with the Catholic Businessmen's Fraternity, um, other programs like the Exodus ninety program with with that I've done with with guys. That routine of prayer life is is definitely coming back. In fact, yep. I've even gone back to my 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 uh, book, Liturgy of the Hours, to carry mm-hmm. with me. Um, uh, you know, instead of having it just on my phone, but the actual book again, that's coming back in the rosary um, for for me, uh, which sometimes is like lifting a ten thousand pound weight to mm. pick that rosary up. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, so it's not always easy, um, but always I think. The the one lesson I've had is this thing called Jama non ancora already but not yet. In other words, God's already with us, but we're not there yet. So it's a constant process of improvement and a constant process of one step forward, two steps back, mm-hmm. three steps forward, one step back, mm-hmm. um, and patience with yourself, mm. with your business, with everybody you work with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the hardest lesson for me to learn is understanding that everybody's in different spots and we have to work with them where we find them because somebody had to work with me where they found me. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 So true. Um, if you're just tuning in, we are broadcasting a special edition of the 
Real Presence Live. I keep saying the Real Presence Live because, you know. But we're at the <laughs> Faith in Business Conference today broadcasting from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're talking with Jameson Rounds, uh, just getting a little insight on how to bring your faith into business. Um, do you think, Jameson, when you go into a work situation that everybody there knows you're Catholic? They almost always do with me. By the, by the time we get through it, anymore, I, I, it's okay. I just have to. Yeah. Um, uh, we, at my office, when we have staff meetings, um, I forget frequently, but my staff knows that I always want to begin the meetings with a prayer. Uh, I want to transform my company that says this is who we are. Um, I, I have it on my to-do list for about two years. haven't done it yet to change my articles of incorporation to put it in there for mm-hmm. my company as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody does. If you see my Zoom, you'll always see in the back of my Zoom, you'll see my, my cross and my picture with the Pope and some of those things and my, my patron saint. If you walk into my office, St. Thomas More is right there, big, and you'll see um, different Catholic items around. Awesome. That's who I am. If you don't want to do business with me because I'm Catholic, well, then that's okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. And I've, I've made that decision, but I, you don't have to be Catholic for me to do business with you. Uh, I can work with usually anybody as long as they're not doing something mean hurting somebody, you know, violating the ethical standards. But if they're just trying to do good business, I don't care if they're Muslim, uh, 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 atheist, um, uh, whatever, as long as they're not anti and not Mm -hmm. hurting. Um, I always say that I would rather have um, somebody become the the best they can be at their faith because Mm -hmm. I would never want someone to become Catholic without knowing everything about their faith first and, and have a doubt, right? So while I, I don't proselytize, I definitely am not afraid to hide what I am. Well, and I think you just gave a lot of our listeners great advice, whether they took it as advice or not, but how they can bring their Catholic faith mm-hmm. into their workplace without being a preacher. Yeah. Right? You know, and it is just by having the cross up or the picture of Mary or whatever it might be, having those things present in your workspace yeah. Could make all the difference. Yeah, I, I help people buy and sell businesses and do valuations, right? And that's one of my that's kind of my bread and butter. And we're always talking about the value of their business, and we talk about the business. But in ninety nine percent of the cases, we always get to other values. We always get mm-hmm. to other things in life. What's mm-hmm. important to them? What's more important? So we we talk. You know, you, you you have the value of your company, but the value of your life is more important. Mm-hmm. And everybody who's either buying or selling a company, it's because they're trying to improve the value of their life. Sure. Yeah. And we've discovered that every time, and so we, we have the you know the technical skill is one thing, but the value of the life is yeah. more important. Beautiful. Thank Jameson. you. Thank you Thank so much you. for joining us this morning, Jameson. And folks, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have more from the Faith and Business Conference here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We'll be right back.